What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I have Jeremiah Johnson talking about creative financing for you guys. We are in a adjustment in the market, right? It's starting to cool off. Things are happening. The headlines and media are going crazy. They're all in the seller's head. Our call volume has increased with the same amount of marketing. This is a great opportunity for us as investors. We live in the distressed community. As distress increases, as... Um, as all of these things increase, we have a opportunity that comes uh, to us, right? As uncertainty unfolds, it's good for us as real estate investors. And interest rates have been very low over the past uh, few years. So we've got very low interest rates on these loans. So subject to investing is a great opportunity for us as well as owner carries. And Jeremiah Johnson gave a presentation at our accelerator leading up to Flip Hacking Live. And he's gonna be at Flip Hacking Live talking about sales and how you can have these conversations in depth so you're not gonna to wanna to miss that. You can go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket. This is just one of 20 speakers that we have coming to the event. Actually, we have 22 speakers, but two of them I'm holding very close to my chest. So, uh, amazing event, three-day opportunity down in Orlando, October 13th, 14th, and 15th. You guys have got to attend. It's absolutely amazing. So, one, um, I, what I wanna do is I wanna put this on the show so you guys can see a little taste, like a little taste of what this event's gonna be like. And this is a very small appetizer of what the main course is gonna be down at Flip Hacking Live. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I uh, put Tyler Jensen's presentation on the podcast last week about um, rehab costs and, and renovating houses. And uh, I got a lot of questions about slides. Like, can I see the slides? Can I watch the video? So you can watch the video of this, right? You can watch the video. It's gonna have the slides and the presentation on it. And if you want the slides and you want these presentations to have forever, then we will include it with your Flip Back and Live ticket. So. Um, we launched this on the 17th. I talked about the 500K challenge that I'm gonna be doing with everybody starting on September 12th. So if you grab your ticket, ticket prices go up every few weeks. They'll go up to $1,000 close to the event and they're significantly cheaper right now as you're listening to this. Go to flippackinglive.com, grab your ticket. We'll give you a bundle. We'll get the 500K challenge out to everybody. We'll all be doing it together. I'm gonna to redo the entire challenge. We've had people raise so much money doing this challenge and I want you to be one of them. And it's gonna be a lot of fun of all going together starting on September 12th doing the challenge. And um, the person who raises the most money over that uh, 12, the, that 30 days is going to be able to speak at Flip Hacking Live. So be on stage telling people how they raised the money, what their technique was, some of the tips and tricks that they used that they can go uh, use themselves. So go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket, and here's another amazing presentation from our seven-figure flipping accelerator with Jeremiah, Jeremiah Johnson talking about creative financing techniques, and he's going to talk about some actual examples of houses that he found in the story and how he did it. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. I'm going to bring on my friend, Jeremiah Johnson. And Jeremiah, I met, oh, bye. It's been about six, seven years now that I met Jeremiah. Hey, Jeremiah. And uh, uh, 
one of the smartest business people I know, definitely one of the best salespeople I know, and one of the best at recognizing how to get deals put together and get them done so that he can uh, you know, bring those into his company and just make tons of money. He's a deal maker. He sees things that other people don't see. And uh, I'm constantly amazed by him. And every it's funny, Jeremiah, I, I was just talking to, after our last event, uh, you came up, I think I was talking to Bill and, and you came up and I'm like, you know, we're just, your name got brought up. He told me what you're doing right now. He told me what exactly is happening in your business. And I really wasn't aware. We didn't get a chance to talk. Dude, you blow my mind. Every time I, I talk to you or hear about you, you're just, your business is, is more and more impressive. So I'm going to, here we go. I'm, that was my notes. I'm going to take more notes for this one. I'm going to be ready. Guys, uh, Jeremiah is going to talk to you guys about creative financing and you really need to just dial it in here. Turn off all the distractions, pay attention, get your notebook out and don't go anywhere. Hopefully you've already gone to the bathroom or you're not. Just don't even drink. Don't drink anything right now. Right. You guys have to sit for another couple of hours and you don't want to leave for one second. So everyone get ready and give it up for Jeremiah Johnson. Thanks, Mike. That's awesome. Woo. Appreciate it. All right, man. Go get so- it. You know, I, I was asked to, to, to present on this, and it's a it's a pretty broad topic, creative finance, um, and and what that represents to all of us as investors. And what you know, what what I tried to do with the little bit of time I had here is really think about what would be fitting if somebody's a brand new investor, or if somebody is actually a, a super experienced investor. And and coming, I'm I'm going into about I think eight years and as a full time real estate investor. And one of the, the things that I've noticed is the even the people that are most experienced are typically really leaning towards in seller appointments at what I would call a cash hammer. That's that's the tool that they pull out of the bag. They go in and they and they negotiate with folks and they they, they fixate on a price. And the one thing that they they usually rely on is okay, the, it's it's cash. We'll close in seven days, we'll close in three days, we'll close in forty-eight hours, we'll close as soon as title would let us. And that is the the leverage that they use. So, you know, being asked to present on this, I, I really, I've used it over the last five years to grow my portfolio. And if, if you think about if there are two ways to typically buy houses, one is with cash and you, you come in and it's typically on the seller's terms and my price, because it, like like Tyler had said, when you go to buy a property, you make your money when you buy. So if you overpay, the market is very unforgiving. So is construction. So if you overpay, you're going to lose. So on a cash deal, it's typically the seller's terms and and my price because I can only pay so much. I have my max allowable offer. I do not go above that. So the the second way that and and where I have a bag of tools that a lot of other investors don't, and I and, and I I know quite a few people that are creative with this, but. I, I lean into it very heavily is that I, I'll be able to pay your price, Mr. Seller, if um, I can really do it on my terms. So if somebody wants, if they're fixated on price, 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 and, and if I can figure out a way to pay them over time creatively, well, then that allows me to, um, that allows me to get the deal done, get their price. And then actually uh, I'm able to, uh, I'm able to do what they want. So I called this the express lane to portfolio growth, which is exactly what I did with my portfolio. So why uh, am I the guy talking about this? So I started in my own market. I actually am a remote investor. So I live in Denver and I work for another company at a non-compete. And then I started in Kansas and I am asked so far about a, a portfolio of about 85, 90 properties in five years, which is 
for me a lot. Um, but I've done about 50% of those through creative or seller financing. And so what is creative financing or what it, what is seller financing and, and why should you know it? So there, there, there's a blend there to what that looks like, but we are in a market shift, uh, if you will, or I'd call it the gap right now because interest rates have went up. Uh, sellers still think that their houses are worth X and demand is, is dropping. And so um, that is causing some uncertainty. And as the rates continue to go up or, or stabilize, I think we're going to see more inventory hit the market, uh, longer days on market. And so it's going to become a, a more seller or, or buyer driven market, which will help us as flippers and, and as, as real estate investors, because we'll be bringing quality products that, that compete better in the market because they're, they're done, but it may get harder to get funding frankly, because if there's uncertainty in the market, bank, it's, banks will tighten their criteria. And so for ex experienced investors, this is a great tool. And for new investors that don't have any money, you know, something I'll walk you through a deal at the end of this that I recently did, but I, it really feels like an infomercial. Uh, one of those, you know, no cash, no credit, no problem. We can, we can sell you, show you how to buy houses. Well, uh, it, I don't know if you believe me or not, but this month, actually last week, I closed on a house and I paid zero down. So it is doable. And, and uh, you know, in Flip Hacking Live, we, we cover a lot of this. We can teach you how to do it. But um, what it is, is, is basically it's defined as a definition, non-traditional or uncommon mean of buying property. So Traditional is you you get a loan from a bank, conventional financing, you do the inspections and everything else, um, and then a bank gives you the loan and secures it, you know, in a 20 or 30 year fixed. And anything that is outside of that norm would be considered by definition in real estate uh, creative financing. So uh, I, I have, like I said, built about half my uh, portfolio on it, and it, it's, a, it's an incredible tool. So timing. Uh, why would you want to learn this or, or why is it important now? So we've just exited uh, what is a decade of super, super low interest rates. And anybody that's looked at hard money rates, they know that they are not super, super low. They're high. And, uh, you know, I've, I recently got a quote from a hard money lender. It's two and 10. And some of my private lenders are eight. But to um, to look at that and what does it cost? It's 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 difficult. Well, in the past ten years, all, a lot of consumers have been able to um, achieve, achieve really thirty-year fixed rates at historical. Really, they've never been as low as they've been, and homeowners don't value those low rates like investors. So. The timing of why now, um, you know, on the on the owner carry or or seller finance side of things, people with paid off properties, there's the now is always. If you can find a property that's paid off and you can negotiate uh, a way to take care of that and and pay the seller in a way that they're they're happy with it, um, there is not a there's not a season for that. But right now, as far as subject to which I'm going to speak to, buying a, a home subject to the existing mortgage. Coming off this unprecedented time of, of low interest rates, there's there's going to be opportunity, especially if there's a downturn. Unfortunately, people will be hit with stress, and a distress causes motivation, and they will be willing to part with those low interest rate uh, mortgages, especially if they need to bring cash to closing. A lot of times, they'll let us take over, 
And that will uh, afford us an opportunity that normally you wouldn't have. I mean, how often as an investor can you get a 30-year fixed note on, a, on an asset at 2.75 or 3? You, you just cannot. So um, those are the two main strategies that I would, I would probably point you towards, at least on this short, finite amount of time that we have to talk about. And so they're, they're owner carry or then subject to, and then I'm gonna walk you through really quickly, um, what are the differences? So if we look at owner carry um, versus subject to, so, so owner carry is when you have all or some of the debt in first position or second position um, for, for the term of the note or for a balloon, if anybody doesn't know what a balloon is, if you amateurs, amateur, amortize it uh, alone over the course of 20 or 30 years, if you only pay somebody for five years, you can have the amount that hasn't been paid off at the end of five years be a balloon payment. So you have to pay them all at once. So sellers that are a great target for this um, are people with paid off properties or that have deep equity um, they, they, you've established it when you're speaking with them that they don't need the money short term um, or that they they don't need the money at all long term um, and there's really something that you can look at they want stable income long term if if for instance a, a tired landlord if they've had a paid off property and maybe some tenants trashed it and they want to get rid of it and they don't want to mess with the rehab and then putting it on the market a lot of times you can come in and they really like the rental income but they don't like the rental headache and so you can offer them either a down payment or in my case no down payment and have the ability to just start making them payments with interest over time and whether that has a balloon or not is, is open for negotiation but the the win-win there is that they can keep their income stream and you can pick up a property or I can pick up a property with very little out of pocket and I can pay them over time. And uh, the interest and the income, there are some tax advantages to that and it, it's it's usually a win-win. So that would be if you if you were buying it as a rental, you'd pay them as long as they would allow you to pay them. Maybe it's five years, maybe it's 30. And I've got a deal that I just did that I'll walk you through that that is a perfect example of this, but that is that is owner carry. And then the second strategy that I think we're going to see a lot of opportunity here in the very near future, based on where we're at in the, the economy, the potential recession or the recession, depending on whose definition you're using that we're in, and the increase in the rates is that people have paid a lot. And I, I don't know in your markets, but in my market, which is a Midwest market, there have never really been, I've, I've never seen, or the market's never really seen appreciation like we've seen in the last 24 months. And they've also, in, in my marketing, it's in Kansas, they've not seen bidding wars like this where people are dropping inspections and dropping contingencies and paying over ask and just bidding, 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 bidding. It's like one day on the market and it's gone. That, I, I live in Denver and I've seen that a lot here, but I hadn't seen it in the Midwest. And so we have. And so I, depending on if there is a correction in the market, if there is, a lot of the people that have bought in the last two to three years may have overpaid because if there's a correction and we've seen 20 to 30% appreciation, if it shaves off 20% and we go back down to where it's only been 10% growth, those people that potentially only put 5% down or 3% down if it's FHA may now be underwater or they'll be in a situation where if they decide they want to sell, 
the market is corrected and they um, they would have to bring cash to the table to close. And that's that's no bueno. So in that situation, they you know, for instance, if somebody gets a job transfer, one of the deals I'm going to walk you through, the guy that got transferred to Seattle from Kansas and uh, works for Boeing and he needed to sell really quickly and he didn't want to mess with any of his repairs and he had a, he had a decent mortgage at a decent rate with a payment that would cash flow. And so um, ended up taking over his payments, rehabbing the property for him and, and still holding it in the rental. But so some examples of when this, this strategy would be applicable would be a low to no equity situation. So the property is move-in ready and it'll rent for more than their mortgage payment. So you can immediately, you can move a tenant in there and it will cash flow. That's a, that's kind of a no brainer. Um, some people have a lower threshold. They don't want to take over a property if it doesn't have at least 20% equity in case you need to refinance it. That's personal preference and risk tolerance, but low to no equity with cash flow available immediately and rent ready. That's a all day long. I'll do it. 20% equity. Um, is kind of a threshold where, you know, if you need to get out of it or, or, the take over the or refinance the original seller's note, like if it's a short term, uh, like a balloon almost, a short term subject to, uh, it may need some work, but basic cosmetics, maybe paint and carpet. But again, the payment is low enough that you can immediately put a tenant in there and start cash flowing. That is another excellent subject to opportunity. And then finally, high equity. Um, it's a mess. And if you've got the cash or the private investors to be able to do this, you can take over payments and then just pay for the rehab out of pocket. And a lot of times um, you get your private money in, in second position and that works really well too. So to, to recap those owner carry and, and subject to, and, and when I'm sitting down with sellers and I go to explain this, I really don't use the word subject to or owner carry. Uh, really what I talk about is, how do they want to get paid and and what's most important to them um, with their their money and their situation? So somebody's got a paid off property. Well, do you like the rental income? Yeah, I do. So if I could show you a way where you keep that income monthly and you you still uh, you still get that income and then I, I buy the property from you, is that something you'd even think about? I don't know if it is. A lot of times you'll know really quickly they'll perk up. Well, yeah, tell me more. How do I do that? Or they'll, no, no, I want the cash. I'm, I'm buying a yacht and moving to Florida. Okay. All right. Okay. So you move on. And then on the subject two, you know, if you owe more than we can pay cash, then uh, there are a couple different strategies that we utilize. And I don't know for sure without gathering some more information from you, if you qualify or not, but if you did, you know, we, we kind of take over your payments and and the, the legal liability of the house, and then you can move on with your life. And I don't know if that even interests you. And if they if they click onto that, like you, you take take over my what? How how does that work? Yes, I'd be interested. Well, then you know you immediately you have some interest. You have a fish on, and so that is those are kind of the ways I, I speak about it. I don't get down into the weeds of equity or or, or payment or, or when does it pay off or any of that. I I just in theory, if I could keep you with your rental income or if, if I could take over, you know, and make it make your mortgage payment next month and you're done with the house, is that something that, you know, if you qualify, would you consider you'll that, that's a really good way to figure out if, if you've got the motivation that that you need. So because if you look at my definition, mortgage in place with favorable terms, payment or equity seller not buying immediately and a strong sense of urgency. So that's another thing. Uh, if you do take a subject to and take over somebody's payments, typically to get that off their 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 
debt to income ratio, they, they have to make their payments for 12 months, or we have to make their payments for 12 months to get that taken off so they can buy another house. So that's also something to consider, but it's getting in the weeds a little bit. Um, my next slide I'll go to is really walking through a few deals um, to, to how I utilize these strategies. And when I walk in and I, I evaluate properties based on cash, and then I also look at them on terms both ways. In fact, my, my contract states that. And so Rita is a deal, 1920 West Rita. It's in Kansas. It's $135,000 house. I was able to negotiate it for 55,000 and they, they, it was three siblings. They flew in from all around the country and they uh, were, were sitting in the living room. The air conditioning was out. It's 105 in Kansas. And I get over there and they tell me, you know what? Cash is King. We're taking the highest offer and that's all there is to it. So, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not talking to anybody about other offers. You can give us your highest and best and then you can get out. And, um, I, I personally don't like those types of scenarios, but I, I, okay, I'll play ball, I'll play ball. And so instead of being thrown off by that, I sat down with them and I really started probing on what, what was the situation? Their dad had passed away that it was probate. The house had been given to them, three siblings, they're splitting it. And he was a hoarder and there was a path walking through the house. And then they dropped a little fact on me that I, if I hadn't heard this, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have considered even pitching it, but they said, yeah, he filled this house up so much that he bought the house across the street and then filled that one. And I immediately light bulb went on and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there are two houses here. How do I get both of them? What about that one? And they're like, Oh no, well, that one's not for sale. It's cash. And I, Oh, so they're not worried about selling that one. They want income. And so then I really was able to go back and get my numbers and, and uh, you know, hard money rates or, or, or private money rates are anywhere from six to 15, depending on where you land with your lenders. And so I, I really thought about what, what could I do to, to get this deal done and not overpay. And so I offered them 55, which I knew was probably lower than their, their highest offer. But then I offered them a interest only 10% interest only note for 36 months. And I tried to go for no prepayment penalty, but um, at the end of it, I, I sent them a spreadsheet and it's, you know, at the end of the 36 months, I'm paying you $71,000 for this house. Isn't that great? And um, they selected my offer. So I actually paid less for the house, but then I'm, I'm getting owner carry. So I did, I did zero down. So that really worked. I gave them nothing down. I like, closed on it last week. My, my, out-of-pocket expenses were $242. So got control of $135,000 house for $242. And now I have to make them a $480 payment for the next 36 months. And we're going to rehab it. It'll rent for about $1,100 probably. So um, after four $500, but the cool thing is the the seller finance or the owner carry had I not known about the house across the street, I would have not realized is generally in a probate situation with three siblings. They want their cash and they want out. Well, these guys were written the house across the street. And when I realized that I was like, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's talk seller finance. And I think I can, I can put more money in your pocket and it could be a win-win and they were all over it. So I know that, that, um, was a, a paid off property. We got it on owner carry and, and it really is a win-win because they're going to get more money out of that house because they didn't need it right now. Um, and then deal number two that actually we closed or we closed the end of this month 
is another one uh, in Kansas. It's 135. It's fun, awkward, or funny that they're both 135 thousand dollar houses. But Kansas, a cheaper market than Denver. Uh, it's currently rented 750. It's under market. the The rent for that house would be about a thousand and fifty. But when he called in, uh, he you know where when actually it was a cold call when when the virtual assistant called him, told him that they wanted um, 100 to 110 for the house and that it had a tenant in it and that they would you know it was paid off. And so I called Bill and I I told him I'm like let's let's schedule ten to meet. Let's have coffee. And so I walked him through my numbers on a on a cash purchase and how I'd be in the in the low the low seventies or high sixties and that I know he wanted a hundred but if I could do ninety would he consider it and he he ended up coming to terms with ninety and so I'm giving him five k down I'm paying five and a half percent on a five year balloon so I have to pay that note off and I refinance that house in five years it's a thirty year fixed so. I got 30 year fixed financing and you can't, you know, prime is five and a half right now. So you, I don't think you're going to find a commercial loan at five and a half percent. He gave it to me. And so it's, it's a win-win because he gets the income from his property. He gets the 5k down and I picked up a $135,000 house with a tenant in it. Granted it's under market, but five and a half percent interest, which is decent. And then something that he asked me is at the end of this, this, five years, if I want to continue to get the income, is that okay? And absolutely, you know, I, I said it would be. And so stuck with that. And so then okay, I have one more deal. Uh, that was the, the the wrap deal we did in, in uh, 730 North Woodlawn, 210K home. He got transferred to, uh, to Seattle. Loan balance of 140, the payment was 730. It would rent, at the time, it would only rent for about 1,000 which still met our minimums and yeah, they needed a quick close and they needed out because they, they were already out of the house. And today um, we're still in that wrap and uh, we're the subject to purchase It's 7:30 a month and market rent has went up to 1500. So um, really good deal. It was a win-win he's still running in Seattle. And so, you know, that was a sub two. I recognized that he had a strong sense of urgency. The cash flow was there and um, took over his payments. And, and that was, the end of it. So if, if you want to learn creative financing and deal structure like this, uh, the, the group that we're in and, and that, that is hosting the event in Florida and in, in October is flip hacking live. You know, I went to it five, six years ago and I'm not advising anybody else to do this, but I, I went, I came back to Denver and I quit my job and I started investing full time and, uh, it has been a real journey and it has really changed my life and changed our family's life and, and put us on a different path financially and, and long-term completely. So the, the creative deal structure and seller financing is one that uh, has been invaluable um, in building my portfolio, because when you first start out and you don't have any investing landlording experience, it's really, really difficult to get banks to, to take a, a look at you. And so the, the fact that if you can if you can pick up seller finance deals or owner carry deals or subject to deals and, and build your portfolio that way, especially if you're if you're a little bit cash strapped, then as you build your rent roll and your income and your experience as you approach the banks for actual traditional financing and and commercial lending, you become a much stronger um, lending opportunity for them because of your experience and and. Uh, ability to illustrate that you've done the business and, and that you're successful at it. And you can, you know, it goes back to that infomercial, no money, no credit, 
Um, if I, you know, if somebody would have told me that I would close a deal with zero dollars down payment for, I'd buy a house for two hundred and forty-two dollars down. I would have told them they were crazy, and um, did it last week. So, I, I think if you if you do pull the trigger and decide to come to Florida and and hang out with us at Flip Hacking Live, it will completely expand and level up your your expectations in terms of investing, rehabbing, wholesaling, flipping. Um, it just it it really you you are kind of the combination of the people you surround yourself with. And if you're trying to do this alone, it's almost, it's not impossible. Lots of people have done it, but it's a lot easier to be surrounded by other people that are going through the same journey that you are at the same time and that have done it. You know, I mean, if, if I'm presented a deal like this, I can pretty much decision it in two to three minutes. And that's a skill that, that is learned from repetition over time. And uh, it's something that each and every one of you, can gain from coming to an event like this. So I really uh, appreciate the fact that everybody's had the opportunity to jump on here with me. And I don't think we're taking questions, but I could run through a few more deals if need be. 420, I was expecting Adam to come on, Adam. If not, um, the structure of a deal like this one, um, the the deal that we did in Derby, let me see here. I realized I was clicking the the wrong screen. Deal number two. So the 30 year fix that on a, on a five year balloon, um, you would, we file it in Kansas. It's a mortgage state. So you file on my camera on, uh, a note and mortgage. And the seller is actually the bank for you. And, and then the deed gets filed. And then when you actually pay the, the seller off, that gets released and goes back to, um, if you have traditional financing or if you just own it, whatever bank is next. But um, with that, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap. That's creative financing, uh, maybe 102. All right. Excellent job. Sorry about that at the end. I think uh, I had a little glitch and maybe you're, you're a little glitchy. So, uh, but listen, man, this is guys, this is exactly what I was talking about. I don't know about all of you, uh, but I know I've been doing this a long time. And honestly, one of the, one of the areas of my business that I wish I were better is creative financing and and putting these deals together. Uh, Jeremiah talked about the cash hammer, right? Like that tends to be uh, what a lot of us do as investors. We have one really good skill and we just, we drive it home like a hammer and knowing having more skills in your, in your, in your repertoire, having more tools in your tool belt uh, is just absolutely critical, especially in this gap time, right? In this time, like Jeremiah mentioned, we're transitioning. And so during that gap, there's a lot of uncertainty, not just with investors, but with sellers. And man, this is just the kind of stuff that people have to know in order to survive this period and, and really take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us. You know what I'm saying? All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that presentation. Absolutely amazing. Jeremiah is a great friend of mine, uh, partner, just amazing all around dude. And his knowledge and information on the sales side and creative finance side is incredible. I am in awe of that guy every time I hear what he's doing. And he's incredibly humble, just like everybody that you'll see on stage at Flip Hacking Live. Really humble folks doing really big things and wanting to share and excited to share everything they're doing with you guys, whether that's on stage or it's during our breakout sessions, the um, 
uh, in the hallway, during dinner, lunches, very approachable people that are really excited to share information with you. On Thursday night, we actually have these round tables. So um, we have these round tables that we put together to be about 25 of them, so one for every speaker. And they'll be out there for hours just answering questions. So you can go up to Jeremiah's round table and ask him a bunch of questions about either his presentation that he gave or what he talked about today. So he's going to be talking about sales at Flip Hacking Live and how you can close more deals with the right talk tracks, the right uh, relationship that you build, how to quickly build rapport and go in depth on sales and negotiation. So you've got to attend, come with us. Uh, there's no virtual component. It's in person only this year. FlipHackingLive.com. Don't miss it. October 13th, 14th and 15th in Orlando, Florida. I'll see you there.